everybody. The following episode of Talking Story. I would be your host, Chris Cantori, brought to us by Baja Bound, Mexican auto insurance serving Mexico travelers since 1994. If you're heading to Baja, they've got great rates. You can get a quote online at BajaBound.com. It's an easy way to buy insurance. They've got a simple, quick and easy online form and they'll hook you up with insurance you can trust. Again, in operation since 1994, and uh, know everybody down there, just amazing folks, and uh, they hook up a lot of a lot of pro surfers, a lot of travelers, a lot of people in the Baja 1000. They can take care of all your ATVs, your motorcycles, RVs. They got you, BajaBound.com, and you can give them a call at 888-552-2252. We also want to thank March and Ash, San Diego's premier cannabis dispensary, offering an unparalleled shopping experience in-store and online with delivery service everywhere in San Diego. March and Ash has something for everyone, from flour to pre-rolls, vapes, cartridges, edibles to concentrates, THC-infused wine, beer, CBD-infused bath bombs, and pet products. They've got it all online for you at marchandash.com and located in the heart of Mission Valley at 2835 Camino del Rio South and coming to Imperial County soon. Thank you to Jake Nager and the Moment of Truth for supplying our background music. Jakey, a wonderful local musician here in San Diego. And speaking of locals, uh, sitting down with a gentleman I've known in town for a good, um, man, 25 years, certainly over 20 years. It's nuts. I've known Hans here, Hans Molenkamp, but I just, uh, it's just Hans, Hans, who uh, I met when he worked at Osiris Shoes in the action sports world, and he was on the, uh, talk about a dude on the forefront of MMA. This guy was pitching MMA so hard back in the day, people thought he was crazy, as you'll hear in the forthcoming interview. But talk about being on the pulse. This guy, uh, he showed everyone. He's a hustler. He inspires. He's something else. I'm on his Insta right now. He's got over 100,000 followers on Instagram. And uh, says here he's a marketing architect, brand builder, photographer, network and influencer strategist. What else we got? Creative and digital producer. BJJ. I don't know what that is. I think that has something to do with uh, with uh, his mixed martial arts and fighting and all that. BBJ, BBJJ, a BJ, what? Black belt, Thai boxer. I wouldn't F with Hans. <laughs> and a hell of a dude, an entrepreneur. And it's great to sit down with him and catch up, man. It's been a minute. I mean, honestly, there's so much more depth to this whole thing that I wish and I'd like to talk about it more because people don't know my story. Well, that's, right now. that's what this is, man. Yeah. And that's why we call it what we do as it relates to your story. So for years, you were working with, um, okay, so you were working with Danny Way here yeah. locally up in Carlsbad. Yeah. Then you go Osiris. Yeah. That Where was, was right it? down the street. Right down the street. Right down the street, Convoy Court. And uh, that was just a uh, emerging skate brand at the it was, time and so, snowboard brand, right? Um, well, no. So how it happened is this. is I was I had um, I went from XYZ 
to DC and then I was just kind of like it wasn't really working for me and it was a very short stint at DC um, and I was talking to my buddy um, Dave Swift at Trandall Skateboarding. Oh yeah! And so Dave Swift and Grant Britton, who Grant, both of those guys are phenomenal photographers. And Grant's so, been on this podcast. And so they're the ones who started me in photography, and they're the ones who kind of got me motivated to do stuff. I borrowed, I borrowed Dave's equipment. I, sh- you know, and so long story short is I went on a, um, I went on the Osiris Aftermath tour, which was a, um, it was a skateboard tour, a huge skateboard tour mega skateboard tour across the country and um i wrote the story and i documented the whole trip and you did it with visuals i did it yeah photography and and write i mean like i wrote it I mean, okay it was, it was back when people read magazines <laughs> and so i wrote the story and after i wrote the story um the uh, tony chen who was one of the one of the principals of the company said dude like he, he got to know me and he's like would you ever consider just working for us just coming on board <laughs> and i'm like Meh. like uh sure <laughs> and I did, it was just like that. I mean, I was like in my early twenties at that time, Yeah, you know? And so I, you know, I was just kind of just trying to figure out what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. But I was always like, I never had had a break. I never, I just went like from college straight into XYZ and that just turned into like, you know, I was, I was like a, you know, I started at the bottom as a team manager, you know, like the normal action sports team manager, making right. sure guys got product, making sure that like, you know, everyone was taken care of. And then like it elevated into, you know, more of a marketing role and then a graphic design role yeah. and then a photography role and then like an all encompassing role until that company shut down. And so when I had all those tools, I went over, you know, I, I did my little bit at DC and, and then I went to Osiris. I mean, like I had a, a skill I, set. I had, a, I had a major skill set that 90% of the people there did not have. Right. And, and a lot of this, and a lot of the people during that time, you know, they were they were just they weren't prepared for what was about to happen in action sports, which was the like enormous growth of footwear, and that's where I was at. So I was with the company when it was just starting to get its momentum. I remember that man, and, and we went. You know, it was this is a brand. And what was that shoe that Osiris D3. had? That, the D three, yeah, the white D3. shoe, that chunky big, white the shoe, big, looked like a football. Yes, and uh, you know what's funny is that ASAP Rocky recently, ASAP Rocky of all people, re released uh, it. Uh, he did it through Under Armour, and it was a big fucking deal that he bit the shoe like he did. No, and then, and, and yeah, so Bobby um, from the Hundreds, they re released it, and so Brian Reed, who created that shoe, um, I remember I don't know if you remember Reed or not, but Reed had the long hair. Is super yes, eccentric. you're blowing um, my mind yeah, right now. Yeah, he, uh, he's the one. I mean, Brian Reed is probably one of the most underrated des- footwear designers of all time. When I say that, like I say that across the board. Like he's one of those guys that have come up in a way that, unfortunately, he didn't get as nearly as much credit as he should have. But he's like, he's a footwear savant, and he's made some incredible things. He I was a local s- guy. Yeah, he's a local guy. He has a new company um, that he's doing right now, and it's a. Uh, it's it's called Forwin and it's it's amazing and he's just he's just you know he's one of those guys that like he had a lot of stuff I mean we all were like you know we we had these talents that no one really was picking up on yeah. until because this is before influencers on Instagram way before I mean they, all didn't, that they didn't have I mean like the, the only the you, I tell the story like it is where where we were very cautious on jockeying ourselves in a way that would put us in any position yep. of like showing that we had any talent isn't that wild how that whole and I remember that time vividly and how much it's changed. Where yeah, now it's but all you about were in the bur- same boat because the thing is, is that like as I look back to seeing what you did and how pivotal of a role you basically like guys like you, especially what you had developed with your with your radio station, became what it is now. You know, like so you you transcended like the modern podcast is really what you were doing from a. From a from just a regular analog perspective, just back doing then. real shit on the you, air. Yeah, but you were interviewing and you were taking people that were 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 you know, 
your guests and the people that you had on your show were so pivotal because it was what was speaking to the youth and you had such a divide between what was on standardized radio yeah. at the time. But you, you know? helped me too. I will say that. I don't want this to be a huge stroke fest, but you really helped me with that too because I remember you were so on the fucking front lines, man, and so quote unquote cutting edge. Here I'm working on a cutting edge station. You're introducing me to this new footwear that's blowing my mind. I remember you, Hans, as the first person who introduced me to the iPod. Oh, yeah. You introduced <laughs> yeah, me right. to the iPod. Yeah, that's right. I did bring it, yeah. I remember yeah. you had this Osiris backpack, Yeah. and you're like, dude, look at this thing. Yeah. And I was like a how monkey. Does it play? You're like, how does this work? <laughs> I was like a monkey humping a football. I yeah. was like, what is this? And yeah. there's a it wheel, wheel on yeah. it and yeah. the whole bit. I bought that thing. I, I had found out about that because I am like, ironically, I'm the biggest tech nerd there is. I have everything tech. I'm number two. And, and, right behind I, you, and, and I had found out about it and I went and I got that thing like the day it dropped and I had it before anybody else. I remember. It was, it was one of those things that it was such a, it was such a like, is this real? This is really gonna work. Is this gonna be like one of those like <laughs> monumental changes in, in technological was. society? I and mean, it was. And you and were it on it. And, and you I've had... had Apple products since I was a kid. I was an Apple IIe kid. Right I here. Was a, I was a part Apple of the Apple I was a part of the original Apple crew at my school, ten kids that were were picked hand selected by Apple to run the Apple IIe program. Okay, I can't go that far. Yeah, I've had Apple products. I mean, all of them. Apple IIe, Apple That's IIe, Apple IIe, GS. I can name them all, all the way through. I I've went from them. the Commodore 64 to the Apple IIe. That was my first had real... Commodore 64. That was my first real computer, yeah. was the Apple IIe and playing uh, Dr. J and Larry Bird. Oh, yeah. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. How fun was that? Oregon Trail, and you had, like, you had Logo. Do you remember that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I do remember Logo. Logo, you, where you basically you create, like, you know, those little... Like, yeah, you, it you was could, like Minecraft before yeah, Minecraft. you would create these, like, these, like... You would punch in coordinates yes. to create, like, a sphere, and then it would move. And it would blow your mind. Yeah. Wow, how much has changed. So let's get back to you and the fact that you're working at Osiris, and then when did you pivot from action sports and then get into the whole MMA world? Well, I mean, if you remember, I had brought some of the biggest hitters ever around on the show to to the show, and no one and I remember having this conversation with you going, Hey Liz, Chris, I promise you this is gonna be a big fucking You're right. Can I cuss on this? Oh gosh, I've already dropped like five F bombs. Okay, so so I said this, I go, Hey look. Trust me on this, man. This guy is going to be huge, you know. And I go and 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 I had I had started. So the story goes as this: and back in two thousand two thousand one, um, I was working down here in Claremont, and I was living in Oceanside, and um, I I just kind of was in a situation and where I was like, I need to do something different. I'm super burnout and just like trying to figure out how to go. To, there was a gym right here down right. the street. And I was like, I gotta do something. There's so much traffic. I go, there's not traffic going that way, which was going south, even though I live north. And I was looking for something to do, and I stumbled upon um, the gym, City Boxing, which was referred to me by a buddy of mine named Brian Talbert. And he's like, hey. City Boxing? Yeah. It's, was, was this the one that was right off of like Claremont or Balboa? No, 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 no. This is downtown San Diego. Oh, this is downtown. Yeah. So I went down there, and that's where I met Dean Lidster. And Dean Lidster at that time was fighting in King, King of the Cage. He was already a a black belt in jujitsu and he was MMA, he was fighting in MMA, right? I'm like, well, this is something that like I was I was interested in. I had wrestled a little bit and I was like, man, and Dean and I, we immediately clicked. And so Dean Dean had a crew at, at City Boxing that was just like it was like a it was like a different world for me in which none of those guys 
cared or knew about my action sports life. Right. And I could go down there and I was just like, it was like, you a were new, just a dude. I was just a dude. And like, how I, wasn't I feel having, when I go surfing. Yeah. Like, I didn't have to worry about, I didn't have to worry about like, you know, like trying to, you know, like talk skateboarding or surfing or footwear or action sports, because that world at that time was like, it was a very, you know I mean? Like it was a guarded world yet, you know, when you're in it, like you're in it and you're yep. so deep into it. And like, it was just, like I said, like it was one of those weird spots that it was just start was, losing perspective. Yeah. And so I, um, I got, I got together with him and, and it was, uh, it was this crew and it was like the main two guys in this crew were Dean Lister and Jocko Willenick and Jocko is a Navy SEAL that mm -hmm. like now is like, he's catapulted himself to the point where like, he's like, he's, he's done so well on his podcast and everything he's doing. But like back then he was just a team guy and like all the other team guys would come and train. So is this Jocko guy was a, was a fighter? A, no, no. Jocko was a Navy SEAL like commander, like he's like, he's a he was just training at just this training facility. there, but he, all the okay. seals were training there. So I got to meet all these team guys and okay. I got to, I got to be, you know, like I became friends with a lot of these guys because again, we were all different people. F MMA was not, it was, it was nothing then. And so when we would, we do these, they, we, we would go and we do these tournaments or we would do these like, like smoker fights back then. And a lot of people like that knew me knew I was doing this, but it wasn't like, I, I was like, I always get hit this like, oh, like, well, how come you just didn't fight in the UFC or how come you didn't fight? I'm like, because I had a fucking career, man. Yeah. And I'm 42 years old. So, so and that's back the guy then, I remember was the guy with the career. Yeah, I and then a, suddenly you're like the MMA guy. Yeah. And, and so I had this, I had this, I had this, you know, solid base of training and getting belts and competing and doing all these things just like, like you would be doing hypothetically if you're doing this radio gig, right? And then you're starting, like you get into surfing or you get into something, but you have this other thing and you're like, but you also, you have a community and you're, and you're competing and your stuff, but like, they don't really cross over. Action yeah. sports and MMA did not cross over. No way. At all. No they, way. The, 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 it, was, it was such a stigma at that point where no I hit question. it. I hit it because the times that it would get brought up, I would get so made fun of by my, by my surfing and skateboarding counterparts Bro, are you you're, you're gonna go roll around with some dudes? Are you gonna go? Are you gonna go MMA it up, bro? You, yep. are you you're such a crazy fighter, fighter I guy. And it was like it was because it was it was a different level. It was like the tap out air. It was just this weird stigma behind MMA. So I was really like, oh, I don't want like people to think this of me because I'm so deep in in action sports. And I was and kind of career. on that side myself. Where well, I was you, like, you were definitely on that side because I first talked to you about it. You I were know. like, I don't know about this man. I don't I know. know about guys punching themselves in the face. This is like, and I you're introducing gonna... me to people like Rampage, Rampage and, and Chuck Ortiz and Chuck Liddell and like the I biggest know. names. And I'm like, mayhem. I'm telling you, I'm going can't can't worry, dude. You don't understand who I'm bringing you right now. And you're like, I don't know, man. And I didn't understand. You know, and then, I, I you understand know, now. You know, and then like as the years go by, you're like, holy shit, we had some of the biggest names on this fucking. So talk to me more about your training and did you have did you at any point have eyes of taking this like in a in a competitive did you yeah i did, did. And, and i i competed because i did compete on a lower yeah just on a, on a on a level back then there were these things called smokers and there was obviously there was all kinds of competitions that were going on but it wasn't it wasn't established like it was now because there was no money right right so so there was no way i mean the guys that were fighting professionally then were guys that seriously, and I'm not trying to say this in, in any disrespect, like wouldn't be the career guys. Like that's why like guys like Jocko and all these other names that like had serious careers, they were never gonna give up a career to go into MMA. Gotcha. Right? And so if you did and you were up at that top, you know, five percent that was making money, 
like you're risking a lot because mm. if the moment you get if you get cut, the moment you get dropped, like you're scrambling because there wasn't fallbacks at that time. Gotcha. You didn't have the you didn't have this enormous you know cachet that you could walk around and do seminars or like live off your name or live off your Instagram Nothing. or moving yeah, products. Yeah, there was no social media. There was no. You're right. There was no in, like. So you were done. No you were backup. done. You're done. And so for me, I was like. I enjoy training and competing so much that that was never going to in any way affect how I was going to continue on with this because I look at surfing and I look at all traditional action sports. And that's one of those things that like, that's what my mindset is. That is always my mindset. And this is very hard for, for people that don't understand this. You'll get it. But like a lot of people that don't understand the surfing or skateboarding aspect is that these are lifelong things. You're not a surfer because you're trying to be a professional surfer. Nope. But I'm not a fighter or I'm not a martial artist because I'm trying to be a professional at UFC level. It's competing. who you are as a human. It's just what I want to do. I Defines enjoy doing you. it. As much as I like to go and and you know surf and, and travel or skate and go to different parks or whatever, like I still like to do that with the gyms. And and it's very hard for a fan to get that. They don't get it. Yeah. They get so confused on me, man. It's one of the craziest, weirdest things because like They'll see me training with these high-level guys. That's what I see. Highest-level guys. That's what I see. But if you put it in context to golf, or you put it in context to surfing, it's no different than your the local guy that like is really good at surfing Mission or wherever they surf, right? And they go to Pipe or they go to they go to (laughs) Chilean on a surf trip, and they're shredding there. But they're just they're not they're not doing this as a professional job. But they're really good at it because they've done it for so long, and they're feeding their souls, and they love doing it. Yep. And so that's kind of me in this in this aspect is that I've been doing it for so long that like yes, I I can do these things, and I I'm totally comfortable you know, training at a high level with the best athletes in the world because I've done it for so long. Yeah. And so where a, a person like like you like could look at him and be like, what the fuck is he, do-? like he's, what, what is he doing? Why is he doing this? Yeah. And then you think about it and you scale it back and you're like, oh, well, because it's no different than him going, oh, he's on a surf trip to play. Yeah, or, it makes perfect it, sense and, and to me. And it's like, you know, he's, he's like, he's just doing because it's like, this is what's fun This is what him. he does. Yeah. And so we're not going out there. We're not going out there. We're, 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 we are doing this so that we can learn. We're doing this because it's fun and we're doing it because this is truly what we'd love to do. So in those early years when you're fighting Navy SEALs, I mean, when is it, pardon my ignorance here, but it, it does sound a little bit like a fight club situation. It was, uh, no, it's more than a fight club right? situation. It's worse. Okay. Because like, so so <laughs> irony in training versus, versus a, a real fight is that a real fight, you got three rounds that you know you have to get through. Right. And you know, yeah, you know, I mean, obviously the objective is to, to knock out, submit, or, you know, win the fight. But <clears throat> when you're in, when you're training and you're training at, at extreme at levels level. with guys like this, there are no rounds. They right. just keep going and they keep going and they keep going. Until and they keep when? Going. Until you say I've yeah, had until enough? Until you're done. Until you're like, and yeah, and you're like, okay, we're, I'm good. I'm going to take a break or whatever. But like, that's where, you know I mean? Like, I mean, I've got, you know, my lower back is fused. My neck is fused. My shoulder is completely Jesus. reconstructed. From my fighting? broken. Yeah. From, my all from broken, fighting. All from fighting. Um, torn ACL. Um, uh, oh, yeah. My jaw's broke. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> all of it. And it's all of it's from that. You know, it's because... You are you are subjecting yourself, but I mean, man, that could be from anything, though. I mean, like it could be from you know surfing. You get your injuries. Well, that's yeah, yeah. It's I've just, got a bad back. It's just herniated I have, disc. I have done this, and I put myself in this situation, and I full well knew what the consequences could be, and I'm not I'm not in any way like bummed out or upset that I got hurt. Right. Ever. When you're in those positions, though, and this is I'm asking this as a guy who is. 
I've really never hit a person, and uh-huh. I've never really been hit. Yes. Really been hit. That being said, when you're in those moments, I mean, you go from being friends with this person to wanting to kill them, no. right? No. No. Please explain the psychology, because I really yeah. am curious. Okay. Well, so this is one of those things that you, it's a, it, you have to develop it, but it, and it doesn't come immediately, right. ever. Because, you know, the, uh, <clears throat> the, initial, the initial impact when you get punched, kicked, submitted, any of these things, the first time is, is just like you would think it would be. It's, it's a very scary, yeah. and it's, a, it's, a, there's, it's, it's trauma-based, you know? So, so you have a lot of things running through your mind, like, like how much more is this going to, you know, like, you know, it's just, it's just you're, you're uncertain because it's never happened. Well, you know, as, as it continues and you've been doing it for, you know, a, a certain amount of time, it's just like this. This is where, again, I'm going to use different analogies, and I know that will work for you. Is it's like the first time you were out in the water and there's some real waves coming through, right? Mm-hmm. So there's two things that are going to happen when, when when you're in this situation. Where you have, first, you have to paddle out, right? Yep. So you're paddling out and you're like, okay, I'm I'm in some real shit. Yeah. Right. So so this is not going to be this 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 wave that's about to break on me or the whitewash that's about to go over me. There's there is a strong you know um this this can change me right yeah. and this, I, this the soul is removed out of it it's a the, the, fight or flight the, situation yeah. so, so, so you get acclimated as as you as you've done this numerous times first time you're scared it's like Shitless. you're getting you're getting dragged all over the place so, no question so so you 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 may more than likely you may not make it out to the lineup this Truth. is the first big day out right? no question so so you so but you're a gonna try times. again and you're gonna try again, and then eventually you're gonna make it out, and you're gonna you're gonna understand how to time it. You're gonna understand how not, not to panic when you get when the wave crashes on you, or when you're you know when you have to bail your board and you're getting fucking swept all over the place, or yep. you're gonna rip whatever it may be. But you're gonna you're gonna figure out how that works, and you're gonna time it. And you're gonna make it out to the lineup. So the second part of that is actually catching a wave and understanding how to ride that yep. big wave, right? Yep. And so once you get that, you know, you're going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to go and you're going to catch that wave and, and depending on where you're at and how heavy that wave is, like, and what your skill level is and if you could get barreled or whatever it may be, right, you're going to figure out how to ride that wave. It's no different than fighting. And so once you're in there and, and you've been, you've been punched or you've been kicked or you've been submitted numerous times, there's a certain point where you start to realize that like, okay, this guy's gonna go for a choke here, or this guy's gonna go for a leg lock here, or this guy's gonna try to do this here. And you start to realize the patterns that's going on. Mm. So mentally you start to prepare and you start to you start to know how to So your opponent almost becomes like a force of nature. All it is. Wow. I don't I don't in any way I have no emotional connection to anyone. Amazing. Anyone that I ever could, I could sit here right now and I could kick you in the head, I could punch you in the face, and there's no emotional attachment to it. Well, so if you got mad at me and we're like this, and then we have something in the in the sense of like this is now, I want to hurt you because of uh, something something you a, wronged an, me, un, whatever an, an undefining sports related thing right. because of that. Yeah, that's different. But when we're in this situation and we're going in there and we have a complete understanding that you're there and I'm there just for the competitive aspect of what we're doing, there's no there's no emotional there's no emotional attachment of me hurting you. If you get hurt, you're gonna get hurt. If yeah. I get hurt, I'm gonna get hurt. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stop. We're not gonna just like keep on making. Sh- we're not gonna like we're not gonna continue to to, to impair somebody to hurt somebody to the point where they they're gonna be like like physically like like incompetent to do anything. <laughs> yeah. You know. But like we're also we're also going to if I get you in a in a in a in a, in a submission or if I get you in a choke and you don't tap. Then I'm gonna keep going until you do. Right. That's the general rule, right? And if I'm going to, if we're gonna be punching each other and kicking each other, and you're gonna keep coming at me, you're going to, 
you're going to keep getting it until you either you either drop or you verbally say I'm done. Yeah. Vice versa. Yep. You know, and the, and there is a threshold of where we both can stand and where we can go. Yeah. But that's it. It's just like the it's the it's the surfing analogy of of like a lot of like people that don't understand it or riding a dirt bike or skateboarding. It's like if you're dropping into your bowl for the first time, or if you're going to a new park, like, you know, there's, there's a, yeah, there's a, there's an underlying, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make this drop. I don't know how fast that, you know, how fast this concrete is. I don't know where the coping is at. There's all these different things that you have to put, you have to put in perspective, but once you get it, you can pretty much roll to any spot. Yeah. And you're going to be okay. You're going to, you're going to understand that like, okay, I could, you could visually interpret how you're going to be able to, how you're going to be able to skate the spot and not get hurt. You're not thinking about that anymore. And that obviously applies to that next fight or your next exactly opponent. Exactly. Yep. Wow. That's fascinating. Now, when you have this ability and this skill set, is it kind of like, do you feel a little bit like a Jedi? Like in, in everyday life, you know, is it always something that you have in your back pocket? Like if I ever no, have to engage. Because, I mean, like you look. This is the thing, and this is a whole other, you know, like, look, I, I, I say it like this, and this is, uh, I was just in, in Florida with um, my friend Tony, who we sponsor, and um, he's a guy that goes by the handle Real World Tactical, right? Real World Tactical. One of the most insane, like, like gnarliest guys on the planet. Okay. 200-pound tires, can jump over cars, do, like, he got me to do, like, you know, I mean, I mean, he's a really, he's a mental guy, though, but, like, like I was there, and I, I he sets up these hurdles and he can just like jump over anything. Right. Jesus. And, but he also, he also is, is, is completely like, he's a, he's a technical thinker and how all these things get done. He's an ex SWAT ex Marine. Whoa. And, um, and this is the thing is that like, so going back to that is just because we're talking about the, the aspect of like, okay, like how do you feel in real situations? Well, I don't know what you're going to have on you, man. Good like, point. like, I don't know if you're going to have a knife on you, a yeah. gun on you. I don't know if there's going to be four other guys behind you. All I know is this, is that, I do know that I know how to neutralize the situation pretty fast and I can do it in a way that, yeah, like depending on, I mean, I was in a situation, um, with, it was a little while ago at, um, at my friends, he has a, he has a restaurant, right. And this guy was just out of control. And like, I mean, so, so, so I realized what was happening and, and he basically said like, my buddy's like, Hey man, I need your help. Right. And so the guy was out there and, and he clearly was just like, he was just a drunk guy that like inebriated. He was, just, he, was, he was just, he was just enough to where he had some, he had, uh, he had some courage in him. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at him and I just go, look, I'm going to hurt you really bad. Like I, I go, I'm going to hurt you really bad. And more than likely it's going to alter the way you walk and potentially talk, but I'm going to allow you to start this. If you want, oh, I go, so I go, so the moment you start it, like the moment you actually You'll engage finish on it. me, I'm going to make this very bad for you. Like very, very bad for you. Because I knew that he didn't have anything. I scoped him out. I saw everything. He didn't have a knife. In the That's pocket. amazing. He didn't have any of these things. So, so now I'm like, okay, this is what's gonna happen, and I said it very, and it's, it's on film too. <laughs> it was, it was on the, it was on the camera, oh, you know, the outside camera, you, and, it's, and it's like there's like Glad this, we're you, friends. you could just see me doing this. I'm using cam language. I'm like, and I just, and then you see him go like this, he shrugs down, and he goes, I, I don't want to get hurt. Yeah, and and so it was just, and it was, it was one of those things that like if I know, like look, I'm gonna say this, like looking at you, me and you, like this, if we're in a situation and we're in this room, and 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 like it's like that, I'm gonna tell you, Chris, I'm gonna really fuck you up, dude. <laughs> Like I'm gonna hurt you so bad. I'm not gonna take that. You know, bait. I'm gonna hurt you so bad that like, 
this is what I do. This like, is if what you're I going do. to, if you're, if you're going to do something with me, like along the lines of trying to, like, you know, like what you do consistently every single day, right? Then it's going to be we're we're in a different we're in a different realm. But like, this is what I do every day, yeah. And I've been doing it for twenty years. And how did this what you do become a profession? So you go so, from oh, then you you started yeah, your own so, company, so, yeah, right? So dude, it was the craziest thing. It's basically this. It's a very it's 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 a story that happens to many people in the world, and it's very you know, if you could recognize it and you could understand when it's going to happen to you. You could always capitalize on right? right and so i've always been able to to see these little like like openings like okay this is a really good athlete or this is a really good opportunity and you know maybe because i do have that i have a little bit of a lack of fear when it comes to doing things i go like i'm like all right fucking i'll do it I and like it. so 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 there's been times where, where like like hey like oh do you want to surfing now? It's pretty big. I want, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Hey, you want to go? Yeah, yeah, let's go. And I've yeah. had that. I don't. I don't have this. The, that I, I've never had that. Like you make shit happen. Like, I'm like, I just go. I you just make do it. Shit and, happen. And, and sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. So, so what happened was this: is that um, it all started with Dean, and Dean was going to fight in Japan at Pride, and I was like, you know what? Pride. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking just put an Osiris logo on his shorts. Just gonna do it, right? Wow! And I started with that. So the first one goes on his shorts, and then it was like people started to notice it. And it was like kind of cool. So I started mm. integrating Dean into the team. So then Dean comes on the team, and then it's like Dean's like a part of it, and like every because now it's like being visible. People are starting to talk about MMA a little bit more, and it's a little bit there. Yep. It's 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 just becoming more of a um, like an acceptable thing, legitimate thing, and then so. I had this opportunity. I had a I had a guy that I knew that was in this. So so the UFC had this thing called the Ultimate Fighter. It's the first one ever. I remember that. It's still going on. Yeah. It was. This was the first one going yep. on. And so Diego Sanchez, who I brought over to your, I, I brought him. That's why I said I remember yeah, that. And so I sponsored Diego. And so Diego walked out, and he had Osiris on. The next day, everybody called. Everybody was calling because he won, and everybody was like. Oh my God, Diego Sanchez, Diego Sanchez, Diego Sanchez. You guys sponsor fighters now. This is so cool. Wow. The entire office was like, holy shit, we just became a fucking MMA company now. Like, so so there was an immediate <laughs> oh, like crazy. there was immediate backlash on me from of the course. from the from the core of some of the so so the salespeople dug it because it was getting a noticeable entity into something that we were struggling with. Skateboarding, we were struggling with it. Yep. We were always struggling with always. skateboarding. And so we were struggling with it. And this was like that one thing that kind of brought us in a, in a, in a way closer to some of the, uh, like, you know, some of our retailers that they were like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, where you're competing against a million other skate companies. Yes. Here you had your own lane. Something totally different. And yep. then so, and, and we were always like that. We never made, none of our fucking skate shoes worked. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. We were a skateboard company because skateboarders owned it, right? Yep. But reality is we made a fucking football shoe that sold millions and that was the reason why we could do what we could do. So the next true. shoe we did after that was a fucking was a shoe with praying hands and like and that went. The next shoe after that was a fucking high top. None of them were, were skateboarding skate shoes. shoes that were from your traditional skate sense I ever. Remember. They never sold for us. So in in all actuality this was like a it was a very good lane to be in. And it did, wasn't really the lane that some of the guys that were like heavily involved in the brand wanted to be. So it put me at odds with them. And I was always struggling to kind of like trying to get this thing, you know, like like accepted within the brand. I remember that period of your life. Yeah, and I was pissed. I, I remember like that. I was like, I was like, dude, I don't know why this is happening at, at a rate where I can't get this accepted. This is like 2004 and five. But you showed everybody, homie. Well, so 
I move, I move forward a little bit and I'm already kind of just like, whatever, they're not seeing it. I mean, but I kept on sponsoring fighters, right? So I had, so, so there was, so the fighters started stacking up Brandon Vera, Brandon, Dean Lister, I love Brandon. all these guys started stacking up. And then I started, I, I was training with this guy for a fight. Both of us were fighting on the same card and we both were training and we got to know each other. And he's like, Hey man, I got this company and I'm just trying to start it up. Would you like to? be involved with it. I'm like, no. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, will you do some design work for me? And I'm like, pay me that. And I just threw a fucking number out. I'm like, right. pay me fucking this amount. I'll do it. And he's like, all right, I got the money. I'm like, he was a landscape architect. He had money. He did skate parks and stuff. He was a skateboarder that also did the same shit. So we, so we knew each other and we're cool like that. And um, he goes, and I did these designs. I did five designs for him. And he's like, he comes back for the weekend. He goes, Dude, they sold out. They sold out so fucking fast. I can't believe you're fucking an amazing designer. I can't believe that they sold out so fast. Can you do more? I'm like, just pay me and I'll do it, right? And and he's like, next, oh my god, these wins did you too? Like, and he's like, bro, like this is so great. Like, I'm telling you, man, please be a part of this thing. I'm like, no, just keep paying me, and I'm cool with doing right. what I'm doing. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to be part of a fucking MMA clothing company right. in 2005, dude. You're fucking crazy. That's I am not leaving nuts. Osiris to do that. No fucking nuts. way. And so, you know, and then. Three months go by, and he comes to me and he goes, they're legalizing MMA like pretty much everywhere. Because, oh yeah, by the way, it wasn't legalized yet. Whoa, it wasn't, see, it I was, just made the connection right Yeah, it wasn't legalized yet. It was, it was, these were all in, like, uh, like done in fucking Indian casinos. Which shit. explains so much more, too, yes. especially when you're partnering it with action sports. Yes. Who wants to touch this? It's yes. like working with cannabis before it went legal. It's exactly what it is. And so, and so you know, I'm like, what do you mean? I, I go, what do you mean? He goes, California will be legal. It's going to be legal. And blah, 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 blah. He names all his days. He goes, but this is what's going to happen. And, and, and he goes, this is what's going to happen. And he called it. And he was right. And he goes, um, he goes, there's two things that are going to happen. There are going to be a ton of organizations that are going to start. And there's going to be a ton of gyms that are going to pop up. Yep. And he goes, he goes, I want to start a business building cages. Mm. Go, all right. I mean, I've got a welding background and, and my dad was like a fabricator and like I, I knew a lot about it and, and I was one of those things that trip out. I was like, all right, I go and I go, but how how do you see this playing out? And he goes, I'd think and it, I, it was growing. Then now we now we seen we were seeing it like we knew that this was gonna be something different. Right. And I go, I go, but how do you see this playing out? I go, I go, I'm not gonna leave I I'm not gonna leave like this brand to do and it was the brand's throwdown, right? To do okay. throwdown with you. I go, throwdown. I can't even fucking stomach saying that. Throwdown. Anyway, it's so bro and so just like like everything I didn't want it to be. Bro down. Bro down, exactly. And I'm like, <laughs> and, he, and he goes, but look, man. He goes, he goes, I'm telling you. I go, look, what kind of funding do you got? And he goes, I got money. I'm like, how'd you get money? He goes, I got money. I got money. It's, it's coming from, I've got this, I got this guy that owns a dealership in Arizona. Because he was he was actually splitting his time between Arizona and, and San oh, okay. Diego, and he goes, and he is big time into the fights, and he wants to do something. He wants to put money into something. I go, how much? And he like goes, look, he slid this fucking piece of paper over. And, like, it was a bank statement, and it was he had like one point two million in the bank. And I go, it's in the bank right now. And he goes, yep, I'll give you fifty percent of this fucking company, and I'm gonna pay you fucking what you want. And I go, Damn. and I go, I thought about it for two days, and I was just about to have my first kid at that time, right? And I'm like. Like she had just gotten, like it was like right. happening at that. I'm like, this is a fucking risk, man. But if I don't do this now, I'll never fucking know. Hell yeah. And I'm going to be stuck at this fucking shoe brand for the rest of my life. And I don't know. 
So I went back and I went and I, I talked to Tony, who was like, you know, who's always, there's two Tonys. One of them is uh, Tony Mag. Magnuson, I remember Tony Mag. And then Tony Chen. I was close to Tony Chen. Tony okay. Mag and I had fucking fought like we we're like, he's like an older brother since the beginning. Right. Like he, he like we had mad respect for each other, yep. but like his, like, I was like the generation below him. So the things he would say, like, I'd be punk. like, I'd be like, I'm like, hey, social media is going to hit. And he's like, no, it's not magazines. I'm like, all right, dude. And it was just shit like that. It was ongoing right. with us all the time. You know, I'm like, hey, man, we should really think about doing some YouTube videos. No way. DVDs are the future. I'm like, how does that work? You know, or hey, let's, we yeah. should fucking do some DVDs. No, no, VHS, bro. We're going to stay with VHS. Work in radio? It, was always, it was always one step behind yep. because we were, we were about 12 years apart. Sounds like my, my industry. Yeah. So, so Tony Chin, though, was always like, he always believed in me. And he was always like, dude, he goes, well, what do you, how does that work for us? I go, well, it means I'm gone. And he goes, well, can we just do this? Can you just be a part of it still? I'll still pay you. <laughs> and I'm like, damn. And I'm like, I, I guess, what does that mean? He goes, just come down, just help us, just make sure that, you know, like just kind of just, just be there. And so, all right, all right. So I'm doing Throwdown and I still was a part of Osiris. I, I don't know how I did that, but I did. And I was that. And then I, we launched Throwdown and I just had this idea that I was going to take action sports marketing like philosophies and apply it to MMA. Amazing. And so what I did is this, I go, the only company that I know that could reflect what we're doing. And then I, and I showed everybody that was, was coming on board with this throwdown. I go, look, this is what we're going to do. I go, we're going to become the independent trucks of this industry. Damn. And they go, what does, Great that, analogy. What does this mean? And I go, well, independent trucks is a truck company, but who fucking knows how many trucks they really sell? Everybody wants to buy their clothes. Yep. Right? Indie fucking clothes were the one that everyone had to have an indie hat. This is like back then, like when it was really popping off. I go, everyone wants indie this, indie and that. And it's back. You know? And yeah, and it's and like everybody wants it, but the trucks solidify it in a way that you have to have, you have to ride indies to be fucking cool. Truth. Well, we want people to think they have to have a throw down cage and we throw down parts and throw down stuff to be legit. And we, we, we built it and marketed it like that. I shot all the photos. I did all the design work. I did all the t-shirts. I did everything for that fucking And brand. are you marketing for these cages for gyms, for facilities, both, both, or personal? Both, all both, of both, it. Both. Personal it, use. It, you can have a cage we, in your backyard. Anywhere. Anyone you want it. And this is during the, 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 the big, the big. I'm going to pull money out of my house to fucking start something new phase. Oh, wow. And, yeah, you're right. Right before the recession. Uh -huh. And yep. so everyone had money. And so we were we were selling cages to people, and then they were we were buying them back six months later because they would fail because they had no business sense at yep. all. And they're trying to start organizations or they're trying to start a gym. This shit would shut down. We'd offer them a quarter of what we did, and we'd sell it to somebody else. Damn. And so we kept doing it, and like it was just it was just going. And then um, towards like about a year and a half into it, we the company grew at a rate that like I was like I wasn't comfortable with what was going on. And I was definitely not comfortable on how some of the you making made. bank at this point? I was making good money. I mean like I've I mean like look, I mean and I don't want to say this in a pompous or arrogant no, way. No, I'm I've, curious. I'm a I'm a forty two year old man that has never not made money. Good. And I hate to say it and I'm not and, and it really bugs me because I never like talking about it like this, but like since I was 18, I've always made money. I was never a starving student ever in my life. That's great. I always, I always was able to, because my parents, were, I mean, this is a little bit backstory, but my parents came, my dad came from Germany, my mom came from, from Holland, and like I was always like on edge of not, because they were so paranoid of not having money. That was my folks. And so because of that, I've always like put myself in a position where I had to work, I overworked myself, I've got multiple fucking things going on to bring money in, and I've always done it, Get and it. I've never not worked. And I never not put. I've never been in a spot where I'm like, 
what am I going to do? I've yeah. never been there. You make shit happen, dude. And so, so I I do this with a brand, and I wasn't really comfortable. Like we get grown so fast, we were everywhere, and then there's new people coming involved, and like I was just spinning out, and it was reminding me a lot of like how shit was going south with Osiris at certain times, and I just didn't like it. And I was like, hey man, like I don't like this how it's going on. And there was a there was that weird moment of like, well, I do. I like what's I like this. So what do you want to do? Well, I'm fucking done then. Okay. Well, buy me out. I'm fucking done. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not. I'm not going to keep doing this at this rate. Where I feel that uh, some of the ethics involved, some of the things that you're doing, some of the routes you want to change. It's not the original idea. You told me I had fucking full marketing control. You told me we. Could, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But like you know, no, 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 no. You're this over is not. It. This is not where I want to. Yep. Go. You're and done. so I was really over it. I mean, I, I stuck it out for a couple more months, and then I finally said, you know what, fucking done. I go. I go. Buy me out. Buy me out of my contract, and um, I'm just gonna do something different, right? I'm gonna, and, and I knew there was other opportunity. I mean, I still had Osiris too, so I was like, whatever. I wanted to stay in, in MMA, but I was just kind of just not. I, it, it was very. It was going in a direction that I felt that was going to put the brand in a spot that would make me just feel not good. So he did. So he goes, all right. So he presents a contract. He 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 buys me out, which is a significant amount of money. I was, I mean, for me at that time, I mean, I was in, you know, I don't even know, I think it was like either my late 20s or early 30s, which, was, which was good. And I go, all right, man. I go, so, I go, so we're good. You know, oh, yeah. So he gives me half of it and then he's paying me the other half, like monthly. Right. Which was like in my, and in retrospect, I should have just taken all of it. But like what, how it worked out was like, I even looked at it like, okay, well, just get a paycheck to fucking. Yeah, do not a retainer. Yeah. Really do nothing. I mean, I didn't have yeah. any obligations. And, and, and um, and then he uh, and then you know like he was like yeah everything was cool and he paid you know like first two months were fine then Rampage was fighting this is all how it starts Rampage is fighting against Chuck Liddell oh my god for the belt and I was working with Rampage on a just a, like just helping him on a branding role I've done this with athletes forever yes. I've done it with Danny I've done it for so many athletes where I I brand them i yep. help them brand i shoot their photos i used to build their websites i I've used to seen it all buddy. bring them on bring them on the show do these kind of things it's like it's like pr times a million right yep. and so i branded and built athletes to help them build their marketing out and i was doing it with rampage i did it with him in a lot like in and get, getting him spawn all these different things i did and so um i had this idea you know like i had i, just, I was starting this kind of it was like i, I called it it was called the a visual propaganda agency to help athletes, right? Oh. It was it was called. So there's two things that that I always liked. I like Triumph motorcycles, and I like Manchester United. So okay. that's where Triumph Enter United came Triumph from. Triumph United. That's what the T and the U are. So it's a T and then U. So you started it more as a like an agency. Yeah, almost. the original said visual. The original logo said Triumph United Visual Propaganda Agency. I had no idea. Yeah, no one really did because it really only lasted for about fucking two days. <laughs> and I'll tell you why is that. So as I was doing that, I fucking put a logo on Rampage's shorts. There's a Triumph logo here. There's an Osiris logo here. There's a Throwdown logo here on the shorts that he beat Chuck Liddell with. For the biggest fight at the time and the, ever in, in the history, history of, all of, of all fights. And so, so this goes down. He's not expected to win. I have it all there, and I'm looking at it from a branding play. Like, okay, so I'm covering Osiris because fucking, you know, I'm still doing that. Right. Just, just doing my due diligence, making sure of our course. brand, making sure our footwear brand's getting a little bit of shit. They don't even give a fuck about it anyway, but right. fuck it, I'm going to do it. They did after that fucking fight. That's Hell the name. I'm sure. yeah, He got dude. his own shoe after that fight. Hell and yeah. And so, so then 
<laughs> and then entered Throwdown. I'm like, okay, he's still a part of it. He's still a part of Throwdown. And then I'm going to put my thing on there. <laughs> I'm like, let's see what happens, right? That's we'll hilarious. Like, You're so the, good. I'm going to roll the dice on this one. You're so good. He fucking knocks out Chuck. Every single, and so MMA at this time had retailers nationwide, global fucking countries. It was before the Reebok deal, and it was before like it blew out of control. But it was basically MMA t-shirts were the hottest thing ever. Affliction and Tap Out were ruling the Oh my the gosh, I Everybody remember. Everybody wore the Affliction bird shit t-shirt that looked Ugh, like somebody fucking ass. took a shit on your shirt. Ass, dude. And then everybody had those giant Tap Out logos. So everybody was cashing in on MMA. And I had my own thing. I had like, you know, the throwdown thing. I was making throwdown t-shirts. And so with the Triumph thing, the guys that had run retail had always known I was the designer. So those guys were smart enough to catch that there was this new thing. And they're like, is this your brand? Mm. First fucking call. Tony, Tony uh, Carbajo and, and, um, and David Hansen from Title Boxing. David actually is like, is this your brand? He just goes, is this your brand? He fucking had the logo. I'm like, yes. He goes, I'm putting the order in. I go, of what? And he goes, you're making shirts. And I fucking, he's the first person. Damn, he's dude. the first person. Title Boxing fucking sent me a PO for the first order. That's amazing. Of all the fucking apparel. So I went and pivoted from having this visual propaganda agency to a full-blown company within one fight. And I'm making Triumph t-shirts, right? Holy so from there, shit. from there, I was like, and then those guys were like, why aren't you making equipment? Like, gear like for these guys like why don't you do that i don't understand why you're not doing that i'm like okay let's do it <laughs> so, oh so boom i'm like i've got equipment and right I've got, place I've right got time and i've got fucking apparel blocked and Done. it's all you all me all you well no 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 oh no. investors and help and all that not shit. yet not yet it's okay. all me then but then it becomes then i did then i in like lo and behold like it became one of those things later but like it was one of those things from the beginning I just ran it, and then I couldn't keep up. And I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta bring a couple people in. Right. Enter Tony Chin. <laughs> he comes back into the mix. So Tony's like, I want in, you know. And so you know, he he becomes a so partner. one of the Osiris yeah. guys comes so and right joins in. you and at then, Triumph and then United. I've had, and then I had my buddy. You know, I've had a couple other people come through, and they're just like, I want to give you some money. And I'm like, all right, but it's just like I'm only gonna give you this much. Right. Like I was like really kind of like, like I just want to be a part of it. And you know, they did, and 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 so. It gave me the capital to start a legitimate business. It's and, amazing, and I dude. went through, and I started Triumph. And then I had the lawsuit. My old partner was like, fuck you, man. What the fuck are you doing? This is, we're now, like, what's going on? I'm not, and, and he stopped paying me. So he stopped paying me that second amount that he owed. No. And so I was like, you're, what the fuck, dude? Uh. And, and, and so now we're in a full-blown lawsuit for about a year and a half. And he just won't pay me. And like he had no grounds or no rights. He just saw me starting another brand and he just was upset about it. He was really upset because he's like, You left our brand to start another fucking brand. Yeah. You didn't say you were gonna do that. And I was like, I didn't say I was it gonna really do that. It really wasn't I go, your but plan. I, but I go, you know what, man? This is just what happened. And I go, and honestly, you didn't have any you had no problem with me fucking leaving and writing me a contract. Exactly. And nowhere in that contract said I couldn't do this. He just was upset. So he just held paying me. Yeah. And that's why I had to bring in all the other people. Gotcha. You know, and so I did, and then I fucking finally get through that lawsuit with him, and I beat, win that lawsuit, and I've learned for the first time ever in my life if, how lawsuits work. Yeah. Where I'm like, where's my money? And then the lawyer's like, there's my money. Here's your money. I'm like, what the fuck? You got I all go, the money. I go, how did you get all the money? Well, we got to pay for this guy. I'm like, 
I should have just worked this out with him. Dude. Gnarly. Yeah. Exactly. At and the end of the day, just, just work just, it out one on one. And you realize why people do that now. Like and like, you know, that time like I was in a company, I wasn't like a fuck it wasn't like a corporation fighting another corporation. It was a Yeah, private, you're a dude. It was two and you private got people. Kids, bro. Dude, the guy the, there's you know, you, you quickly realize that there's no debtors prison. Yeah. Right? So this guy I had a judgment on this guy, still didn't pay me. Doesn't matter. Nope. The only the only way I got fully paid out at the end is when he sold the company and I had there was a note on it and they had to pay me out then. Got and it. that was it. And it was just like it was just it was a very it was like a, a harsh reality check for me as a as a younger you know businessman trying to figure out how to how this way went, Fuck thinking yeah. that like I was paying this lawyer so much fucking money, you know, and he got it all. The lawyer got it all. So is, is Triumph United still? Uh, it exists today. Absolutely. Yeah, and oh, yeah. it's been going strong for how long now? Fourteen years now. Fourteen years. Yeah. Strong. 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 I and and when I say that, like, like I say it, <laughs> people don't realize it because. I don't, and I haven't, like, I, I've been very, I, I used a reverse approach on the thing, is that I kept it very, I kept it niche, and I kept it in a way that I've, I've seen some of these skate brands work, like, through through the history You used of, everything you learned in skateboarding yeah, some, and applied it to very, this. There's some very, very niche skateboard brands that 90% of people won't know, and they've been around for a long time, and they're never going to go away, yep. but the people buy them, and they sell out, and they buy and all they the time. Out. And that's it. We've got the Triumph customer that will always buy our product. Dope. And um, it just continues, and it's one of those things that like I've I I don't put any money into it. I make money, and it's just you make going. money while but you. But I design sleep. it, and I still do my shit, and I do everything, and it's like it's a it's a project that I'm I'm very very like you know strongly a part of, and I've got a good distribution partner, and I don't have to like warehouse my stuff anymore. I've got a great partner that does that. He he works and help, handles everything else. I just have to do the marketing design and, you know, coordinate with, with some of the stuff that they work on, but it just goes. So that's your thing yep. mixed with you doing you yep. and integrating with people in the industry because that helps your business triumph United. Correct? Uh, yeah. But I also run the monster energy program. Talk to me about that. So while at Osiris, I, I started working with a, um, a, like a really close friend of mine that worked with me at Osiris. He, was, he ran the snow program. He's an old snowboarder named Cody Dresser. And Cody mm. Cody was a pro snowboarder that ended up going to Monster to work on their action sports program, which developed into what it is now. Jeez. Yeah. And so he, you know, we, we, we would work out every morning. He lived in Oceanside. We'd surf and stuff. And, you know, we just kind of came up with this, like, hey, man, like, this is like nine years ago, by the way. I've right. been doing this for nine years with, with Monster. Not many people know it's been this long. Yeah, I didn't know. But it's it's been a very gradual and, and like, like epic run at what we've done and basically long story short is that look we we built this we built this program from scratch you know cody believed in it cody pitched it back every single thing every single step of the way you know we've been able to we've been able to capitalize off of what we know how to do best which is work with athletes and build brands and so all the experience everything we've done is that it was this layered program where it's like all of a sudden you've got a couple of athletes, right? And the couple of athletes turn into we're working with an organization. That, couple, that organization turns into another bigger organization, which is, you know, we went from Bellator to the UFC to like Conor McGregor right. to like all these huge names. And they're all encompassed into this program that, that I look after, which is the athletic program. And, and what do you do with that? Like. How are you working with people in that program? How I does work it with connect? The athletes. I work with all the athletes. So and you I, help them, like you're giving them tools to. Um, each each component of Monster has multiple, you know, sectors. You got like 
you got the motocross division, you have the motorsports division, you've got the surfing division, you have all these different things, right? So while I look after MMA and athletics, I say athletics because we've also got some, like I work with uh, power lifters and I like, work, like Flex Lewis is Mr. Olympian. I work with these guys. Um, the, the biggest category is MMA, right? So when I, when I say I look after this category, I look after it top to bottom. I work mm. with the organizations, which would be UFC, Bellator, and Glory. So you're picking the fighters that you're working with, collaborating uh, Then with. I build the teams out. So I build out a team for, say, the UFC team, right? John Jones, Daniel Cormier, Conor McGregor, you know, Tyron Woodley, Jorge Masvidal, all these names, you know, Chris Weidman. I've got a plethora of names. I got, Damn. I've got, uh, you know, I've got Rose Namwanis. I got, you know, um, I got Jessica Rose Clark. I've got the names, the names are the names, and they all fit a specific, you know, just like I did in any of the teams. They all fit a category. They all are are specific to, you know, how this marketing plan works Got out. Got it. So I I pull that together. I make sure that the athletes get the deals and they get the they get the you know everything in between that they need to. You make managing sure. the money too. Yep. Wow. All of it. And so I handle them on that aspect, and then I make sure that you know we get the branding. We get the we get all the branding right. assets. All of it. So I do it. I physically go shoot these guys. I was in Miami shooting, you know, Jorge Masvidal, shooting Tony Real World Tactical, you know, and I bring, like, I bring my, you know, uh, like my producer that does all the video stuff and shoots with the red. And it's like, we produce these things and we bring them back. So we have media content, right? So like, so we, we've, we've got it for the social media with Monster yep. has one of the biggest social media platforms in the world. Yep. And then I also have all the, sh I'll have all the photos, like for instance, this. Yeah, it's me interviewing the champ. Okay. Smarts like nothing. It's crazy. It's provided such a fantastic life for me and my family. Um, I love one of the greatest champions of all time. I mean, so I'll train with him and then I'll interview no him, just like you're doing with me. Feeling yep. in the world like walking through that curtain in the UFC. I mean, there is nothing like it, Hans. One of the reasons. That's awesome, man. And then so, so, and look at you wearing a black flag T-shirt. <laughs> I thought you real. Yeah, buddy. So, Keep it real. So, you know, it's crazy. like. In the content I produce, you know, when I'm putting my stuff out, I mean, like we're getting 130,000 views on it. Oh, I know, man. You know, like it's it's. That's it's, why it's, when I reached out to you, I'm like, dude, you're friggin' insta famous. Because bro. I've 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 used every tactic to make this work. I get it. You know, man, that's so, and it's inspiring from my vantage too, just as somebody who's been kicked around on a mat from time to time to pick yourself up, reinvent yourself, and create this niche and carve this place for you where you're thriving man well I, you know for when it comes to social media and i'll just try to jump right into that i don't want to skip over too much but this is the thing is when it comes to social media it's it's this this is what happened is that in 2017 osiris disbanded yeah and so we had some problems we all had but we were we were all hating each other i, I hated <laughs> so going to crazy. work i hated I going there um, I had I had I had figured out the distribution model for, for Triumph, so I was I was back at Osiris from 2010 to 2017. I didn't even know that. I did. Yeah, I went back and I, I rebuilt you know the whole marketing program, and then around 2015 we were having some issues with our with one of our shoes started to decline, right? And um, we just didn't. None of us wanted to be there anymore. There was a couple there was a couple people in the company that we fucking hated. Yeah. And so 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 like. Doug Weston. And how big's the company at this point? Well, it was fifty million. Jeez. Yeah. And then it dropped. And it continued to drop. 
like majorly every Damn. fucking quarter it was dropping at a rate that was like but we were still paying each other we're still paying ourselves like it was 15 right. million we're still doing shit of course of we're course. doing that of we were course. like none of us wanted to concede the fact that like we're like we're, everyone was looking at it like we're gonna have another shoe that was gonna hit yeah and so i i was like i don't fucking know man like we were all fighting and that's when things were started you started we started getting evil towards each other and i was like sorry to hear fucking, that eh. You I've know, been there, man, in this business too. It's dude. hard, it's you know. Fucking gnarly. And, and all of a sudden, like you're seeing true colors, and you're seeing how people yep. are, and you're and calling people out on their shit, and yeah. some people can I, take I, it. I was the only one. So that was the thing is that like I had a couple times where I was like, there was one, there was I'm not gonna say who it is, but I'll just say that I fucking was really adamantly against the shit that he was doing, and I was like, fuck you, man. Yeah. This is not fucking going the way that you're saying it's going, and it's and everything you're doing right now is wasting the fucking company's money, and I'm sick and tired of this shit. You know, and at this point right now, I was fully vested in the company. You know, uh, you like I was at the partner level where they're giving like Chen was giving me a piece of his fucking his his piece. He works you know? with you on yeah, Triumph. Yeah, so so like Your that was like that now. was the thing is that like he didn't want me to leave and like I wouldn't leave him anyway. And I was like vested. I was like, but I, but I was like chained and I was fucking over it, man, because I just didn't like how it was going. And and so by the time 2017 was rolling around, like we were in a like we were just already like dude, the shit was fucking it had hit the fan. Like we had laid off like more than three quarters of the office. Like we went from having massages at fucking lunch, a masseuse was coming in, Jeez. food, traveling first class around the fucking world, staying at top notch fucking hotels to like. All of a sudden, we're like looking at fucking uh, like a loft building that five of us could work in a room, and I'm like, this is not fucking working, dude. And I was already aggressively thinking, I gotta get myself out of this fucking situation. I can't just bail them, but I gotta fucking get myself out. And I already had, you know, I was I was already setting up my my agency, I guess, you know, to to house the things that I was doing. And Monster was already at the point where like I, I knew that I had to make a move, and Monster knew I had to make a move, and I was like. Guys, I'm fucking doing this. I'm gonna fucking run this thing heavy for you. And Monster's like, "Fuck, please, you know, yeah, like take it, you know, dude. like yeah, run." And we ran with it. And I did. I ran with that motherfucker, and I did. And um, but I saw then at in 2017 that I was going and I was like talking to the skateboarders at Osiris, and I was talking to people. I was just talking to everybody about how social media works, how it works. Like, hey, this is this is my inside. This is what I think you need to be doing. Yep. Like this is. And then I'm like looking at myself and I'm like, I mean, I'm a photographer and all I was doing is putting up landscape photos of shit. And I was like putting up like family, my kids. I'm like, I'm <laughs> looking like, at him like, fuck it. and I'm like, I'm like, and you're telling how people how I'm supposed to, and you're helping I, other people grow their I business. Like, I couldn't stand when someone would try to tell me how to shoot a photo and I've never seen any of their photos. Yep. Or someone trying to tell me how to design a t-shirt. They can't draw. Yep. Like, no, no, you should try this. Where's your shit? Like, I've never seen you do anything. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, how are you telling me how to do all these things? Never seen you do one thing. I agree with that. You know, like, I, I, how are you, like, I'm going to tell you how to fucking do your job on the air. Yep. Hey, Chris, I think you should, like, maybe you should start considering this. I think it's cool. You're like, yeah, come on in. Here's when, a mic. When's the last time you were on the mic? When's Go the last for time, it, dude. When's the last time you talked to a fucking, you know, like, everybody in the city of San Diego? Exactly. You haven't, so you don't know. Yep. And that's why I'm very cautious on telling people what to do. But I was getting, I was giving that advice. I was like, you need to do this for social media. You know, your followers are here. I was saying all these things, and I go, the fuck, man? I go, how am I going to, how can I talk to these people? How can I talk to these athletes who I feel like they are not doing the job I want them to do if I'm not doing it? Yep. And I, and I, and, and like, so that, so you put that in context. Well, why would you do it? Hans, why would you try to put yourself out there and try to fucking make a name and try to get followers? And what are you going to do? And I went back and I rolled through and I'm like, 
I don't know. Why would I do it? And then all of a sudden, I saw this fucking guy, Gary V. Oh, boy. The old Gary V storyline. Well, I know it. It works. I just saw it, and I'm like, holy fucking shit. This guy's on it. Well, this is the thing. And I saw a couple other guys like him. I started seeing all these guys. I'm like, these guys, they figured something out. And I go, holy shit. I go, you know what? I go, if you're an athlete, you're going to get propelled. The UFC is going to push you up because you're a part of the UFC. If you're a fucking basketball player, you're going to give you NBA. All these things are going to push you up. But you want to know what? Nobody in the sphere of, of what I'm doing or the general world, they're going to look at those for the, the star aspect. But guess what? Why Gary Vee works is because he puts out stuff for the person or Grant Cardone, all these different people that are just there enough to want to be an entrepreneur. And just want they want to fucking have that spike. They want to have that little push yep. on how to be an entrepreneur because they're they're over their job or they're over like they want to they need somebody to help them get there. And I'm like, motherfucker, I'm way more of an entrepreneur than that guy. Yep. I've done way more shit. I have fucking I have started brands. I have been there from fucking start to bottom. I've been with the best and biggest athletes. Fifty in the million world. dollar companies. I've been doing it. I've been doing these things. And I go so. I'm going to weave a story about me as an entrepreneur. I'm going to show that I actually physically do these things and inspire them on that aspect. And then I'm also going to show, and I'm going to bring you a fucking, a, a behind the scenes look to the biggest names and celebrities I'm around. That's what I and, see. In a, in a way that makes absolutely no sense to anybody else out there unless you figure out who I am. And so you have to figure out who I am. And, and who so, are you? And so that so as that unfolds, people will start to realize this man right here is a brand building networker that has the ability to create and run businesses and is the ultimate entrepreneur. And like he does it and he's and, been doing and it. And this guy has also overcome major adversity, both mentally and physically yes. and as so, well. So a lot of the story in the beginning too was me just coming back from my surgeries. I remember. Because, because I would kept I would I would just try to show people, look, man, like it's never going to be easy and it's never going to be one of those things. I've had fucking two spinal fusions, my shoulders reconstructed, my orbital, all these different things. And every single time it's harder to come back, but I want to do it because it's, it's one of those driving factors in life for me that if I don't do it, then I feel that I'm not only feeling me, but I'm feeling my family and I'm feeling like the people around me, I have to push myself. Right. And I do it. And so I, Weave that in there too, and I and I and I pu and I put it and I do it in waves. Where like all of a sudden, like you'll see these different things. Like so, some of the content will be very, you know, like you know, just okay, it's MMA inspired. And then it starts going into a training aspect, and then it goes back into business. And like, and I'll just keep people going so they, they want to see what I'm doing. And what know? percentage is video versus photography? It's there isn't. I mean, yeah. like, I, I mean, like I don't I don't have it mapped out like yep. that at all. I, I kind of I kind of build my content based I, on narratives and we yeah, like on what's going in. on in my life and what i see the reactions are like who like like if there's if there's reactions to some of the certain things i'm doing i kind of stay on those and then i'll kind of move a little bit yeah you know and and but i'm constantly building i see it i'm constantly building every single day there's something going on like i am never not going to put out content and i don't I'll, I'll i'll put out some some of the uh, I'll, I'll bring back some throwbacks a lot of times because people some because as you get new followers and you get new people they haven't seen it yeah they and, don't know and, and a lot and what most people don't realize is that they're not going to scroll down your fucking page nope. they're they're going to do maybe two to three scrolls but they're not going to go back further than that yep. you know so if you think they're going to go back years that's never going to no happen way. So you may as well just kind of put it back in. And so some of the people that have been following you, they'll see it and they're like, oh, I've seen this before, but it doesn't really make a difference. Nope. You know, and so 
with that being said, I had like, you know, I had a normal bunch of followers at that time that was concurrent with what I was doing, which was like, I think like I had like, you know, a couple thousand and then went to 5,000 like and then it went to 10 and then I started hammering it out and it was like, boom, 20, boom, 40, boom, 50. Then Connor fucking put a post up of me, yeah. like him and I, and he, he did this big thank you post. That went from, I was at 50 to like 65. Forget it. Yeah. 15,000 followers. Damn. And then, and then it was more. People just kept on. And then it became a thing. And then you start to realize that like, you know, there's this, there's like, you know, like, it, and, and like for these guys, it's not that big of a deal. It really isn't. It's like for them to do something like that, but it does impact you. And so, I know, isn't that amazing? Yeah. And so, so you, you see it and it rolls. And then next thing you know, like I'm, I clear a hundred thousand. Damn dude. Yeah, I cleared a hundred thousand. Well, and so, you know, the next process for me, like, so that was my whole goal. It's like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to, in a year, I'm going to build up to a hundred thousand. I got it. Right. Good for you. The second part of it is it's the old, how do I monetize it? No, because I'm already monetizing yeah, it. Yeah, your brand. And, and I'm never going to go. I'm never going to go and fucking be that guy. If someone sends me stuff and I want to support companies, I do it. But I'm not going to be that guy that's going to be out there trying to fucking pedal. Seven hundred and fifty bucks for a post. That no, bit. fuck yeah. no, dude. Good for never, you. Never, ever, ever. I like never hearing that because I don't need to do that. Yeah, I already make my seven hundred fifty bucks from all the shit I do, <laughs> and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. It's, I have no. If people are doing that, I've got, I've got oh, I get more power to my, I have no problem. Oh, and I get it. Believe you know, me, I um, get it. But now I'm realizing that I have now become a, I've become a spot in which I, there's a lot of people that want to do what I do. I they agree don't know with what, that. They don't know really what it is. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to show them that. And I have to, I have to get it. I, you know, I'm still working on it. It's not, it's not 100% there yet, but I'm working on packaging it so that they can see. Because the, the number one thing I get, and it, and it, you know, I mean, it used to drive me mad, but it's not like as big of a deal now, is that I get the "you're so lucky" thing. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I mean, think about how many times someone has told you you're so. But I get that. You know, I'm they, wondering though. Yeah, go. But you don't. You you like you're you doing what you do is a job and a service to the people. Same thing what I do. And so, like, it's a it's a little bit easier because you are in more a, a categorized role that people know what it is. You're yeah. you're a broadcaster, broadcaster, whatever, right? I'm a anomaly, and so I'm trying to show that as like you know like a new role as a brand builder or as a you know whatever it may be. But like, I think now that makes more sense in this day and age than what I do. You know, just uh, talking to a microphone on traditional air. What you're doing in not this podcast, but in a traditional sense, I look at what you're doing, dude, and you're fucking living it. You're it, on it. it, it and you're so much further ahead than a lot of our peers. I embraced it differently. And I embraced it in a way that um, I, I erased the arrogance that action sports have built into me. Mm -hmm. And I um, fully I fully just dove into what MMA was offering. And I tried to stay out of the the harshness of how that industry is. Because it's a harsh. I can't imagine, industry. dude. It's I'm dealing, I can't I'm dealing imagine, with. I'm dude. dealing right now, today, currently, today, with one of a, a, a situation with a fucking asshole of an agent that has been trying to relentlessly, you know, get me fired or get me fucking booted from the things that I do because I won't work with his athletes. Well, see, and that was the other thing I wanted to ask you was, and this, I think this might even be a good place to end because I was saying, yeah, you get the so the you're so luckies out there, but what about on the flip side? You want to hear the flip side? Yeah. The flip side is this: is that you have to. You deal son with, of a bitch! Who are you? How did you get where you are? You oh, shouldn't that's, be there. Honestly, that's that's, that, that, that's one of those things that like I'm like, yeah, well, try to get here and you'll see how hard it is. But right. the second part of it is this: is that 
you know, everyone's like, man, you get to travel, you get to do all these things. Yeah, you try to fucking live out of a suitcase. Go right. ahead. It doesn't matter where you're staying, how nice the hotels are. Yep. It doesn't really make a difference. You're away you from your kids. family, yep. and you're in a fucking airport, and you're moving around at fucking every single odd hour of the day to get to where you need to go. And then when you're there, you know, you're, when you're, when you're, when you need to get done what you're doing, there are no clock in clock outs. Nope. You're there all fucking all day. day and you do it. And then you have to continue on later with other people. And then you have to deal with the fact that if I'm like, what just happened to me in Miami is that I was there working with two athletes, but I've got six there. So the other four that Bit I'm not jealous. with, pissed Watch and, they, and, 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 and then it becomes a you know then you have to put out fires just making sure that they're okay and that they're not going to go and like get all upset and do something stupid that they're going to regret with you that's and, interesting and so you have to do this you have to maintain and balance what a mind you know and politics. so as that's happening I'm also still I'm also having to you know coordinate and design you know a whole new uh, triumph line of gloves and equipment and t-shirts and I'm also trying to work on other projects I've got going on monster circle thing. K and then you've all got this it. agent yeah. in I mean, I'm, I'm here like approving you know photos and making sure that the athletes are approving i got to go bounce back all over the place it's a it's a i wouldn't wish it upon anybody that had never experienced it and most people would break because it's not something that, it's man. not something that you can just pick up immediately it's something that like you are going to get yelled at you're going to get like people are going to try to you know take do whatever they can you. do to to take as much as they can from, from you. you and the moment the moment you don't give it to them is you're immediately on the out you're a dick you're a fucking asshole you're 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 there you're you're not working with me you know all these different things you sure had, you don't work in radio it's pretty much <laughs> i mean like this is a this is it across the board when you're yeah. in, you're in the professional level of anything and you see it from a um a standpoint of where people want what you want what you want they're gonna try to do what they can do so if anything i, I whatever i could do to help you and to help grow this radio station and grow your podcast just let me know i appreciate you bud thanks for having me good stuff thank you to hans for um for joining us that's some uh, that's some powerful shit and I've always enjoyed my time with Hans. The guy's always, always inspired me. Anytime around him, I feel like such a fat bastard. <laughs> yeah, the guy works so hard and uh, is just so committed to his physical and, and mental well-being. And uh, it's cool to see, man. Again, it's inspiring as I'm joined here by my little dog. This is Bailey. She's scratching herself right now. Hi, sweetheart. Oh, those eyes that you give me. Yes, thank you to Hans for coming by. Always a pleasure. Great catching up, and actually I look forward to collaborating with Hans uh, in the future. He was kind enough to offer help, and uh, I'm not I'm not good at asking for help, but I might just do that in this case. And uh, to all of Hans's friends and fans and followers, thank you for checking out this podcast. I appreciate you. Feel free to subscribe. Check out previous episodes. Last one was with a pro surfer by the name of Taylor Knox. Also talked to a former MLB All-Star, Aubrey Huff. And then uh, my, my homie Bird from Bird's Surf Shed, who has a ton of surf history and, and ties here in San Diego. So while I'm talking to you, I'm playing fetch with my dog. Thank you to all our patrons on the Patreon. If you're one of them, you're the greatest. And uh, Mariposa Ice Cream, best homemade ice cream on the planet. Thank you for being a sponsor and supporter of the U Platform. 
I love Mariposa. Their ice cream, they've got shops in Normal Heights, Temecula, Murrieta, and uh, yeah, just the greatest folks. All right, be cool to yourself, be kind to others, and uh, I do hope life's treating you well and you're staying cool in the summer heat. All right? All right.